Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Music in My Life with me, Laura Wright. This is the podcast where we talk all about the emotional connections we have with music and why those certain songs make us feel all sorts of things. Today is definitely a first. We have a power couple on today's episode. I am joined by James Farah and Ali Roth Farah as well. Um, James, let's start with you. You're a model, you're a TV actor. You will have seen James in Call the Midwife, Silent Witness, and you're also a mind and body coach at the Wellfulness Project. And that's something that both Ali and James, they run together, which I just think is so cool. Um, I want to know more about this when we talk some more in a little bit. Ali, moving on to you, you're the author of the newly released book, The Wellfulness Project, and you're a yoga teacher, a mindfulness expert, and wellness director at Psychologies Magazine. So now you listeners can understand why I said power couple. (laughs) Um, Thank you both so much for finding the time to chat to me today. And I absolutely love doing this podcast because I get to meet people like you, get to know you across the airwaves. And I think at the moment, especially in light of what's going on, across the world I feel like this is such a nice way to connect with people to talk about music and I know I'm missing that human interaction so much and I feel like this is the next best thing so I really hope hearing some of your favorite music today will be a bit of a trip down memory lane and a chance to hopefully discover something new as well um so James let's start with you tell me about how this year's been for you and and how you feel like you know are things getting back to normal now do you feel in your life and and what's it been like uh, over the course of a rocky 2020 for everyone <laughs> hi Laura so it was tough at the start the very start of Covid the announcements it seems as if we all fell into a fight or flight mode and I think that speaking with a lot of my friends they're still kind of in it because there becomes a semi-negative bias there and it's about using tools that we might have in our arsenal to try and get out whether it's exercise music love, friendship, social time, family time. So Ali and I uh, running a business that do, to, to do with this are often consciously living and we make sure that we do things to make sure that we're balancing that. And I think after maybe the initial two weeks, three weeks, I learned to laugh in the face of adversity and uh, Ali struggled a little bit more, I'd say, which you'll go into, I'm sure. Um, the shock was crazy, but I think it took one of us to make sure that they were the rock and 
I was that at the start and then Ali came back in and we worked at it together going forward. We actually bought a house during the time and did a massive move right at the height of COVID when they were saying that you weren't even allowed delivery vans. So um, I think from the start to the end, there's been a massive journey and we're, we're currently quite balanced and happy. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh my goodness, moving house and presumably that all went okay. But what was that like as well emotionally? That must have been pretty tough on the both of you to be trying to find a new a new home as well as, you know, things being being so different in your everyday life and socially and not having, I guess, that sort of a support network that we all know we need so much. And for you, James, was work obviously very different as well. Yeah. So as a model and an actor, studios were closed. And in all honesty, I, I think a lot of my friends said that it was a perfect excuse to take a little bit of time out and realise what you want to do going forward. And I'm passionate about my job and I love it. I love doing what I do. But it pushed me more into the mind and body coaching with the Wellfulness Project because Ali and I had a little bit of time together, even though Ali was still full-time, she was working full-time. We had evenings and weekends where we would just brainstorm about what we wanted to create. And we've created something pretty special during the time. And I've taken on one-to-one clients and group clients, which wouldn't have happened if I was shooting in studios every day. So again, it's kind of laughing in the face of adversity because at the start, I know a lot of my modeling friends really, really struggled because it was all they had. And thank goodness that we've got this on the side, not on the side. It's probably come to the forefront now. So this is how we're spending the majority of our time. So again, it's constantly trying to find that positive Laura. Mm, I agree. And I think, you know, it's sometimes life kind of makes you focus on one part of your career or or family, whatever it may be, without you necessarily making that as an active choice. And sometimes that can be really good because I feel like that decision's taken away from you. And I can certainly empathize with that being, you know, I'm sure many people can. And I've talked about it before being at home. I've been spending so much time with my uh, daughter, who's nearly nine months old now. And actually having my husband at home, he got to spend all this time with her that I didn't think we'd have and that was really special and and I think we would have filled our days with worrying about work and worrying about so many other things and actually we were able to just give all that energy to her which was really lovely and I think Ali you've talked about as well you know the the release of your book I I think and believe was sort of slightly delayed wasn't it and actually that then ended up being quite timely for you didn't it in terms of the do you want to tell everyone listening sort of a little bit about the book and, and why actually it's the perfect time for people to be you know reading something like this in their life yeah well I mean just listening to you then um I was about to say that's that's exactly what my book's about kind of this idea of um shifting off of autopilot and realizing that you didn't actually design that you didn't design your life to be that way and and just suddenly you know considering whether it's serving you and, and nourishing you and supporting you in the way that it should be so you know that the the book covers anything from you know food and exercise to space and where we spend our time and also routines and rituals and and how we think and I think the big one of the big things that has come out of um COVID is you know looking at our lives as a whole but but you know really our routines and rituals have just been completely you know turned upside down on their head but it's given us that chance to say you know what that commute was not 
supporting me in terms of my happiness. It was not making me happy. It was causing, you know, me to be really exhausted, really bored. And actually, I don't want my life to be like that. You know, why why has certain elements of my life become this way? It's because they kind of just happened. And we rarely stop to, to look at why, you know, why our life is kind of happening in the way that it is. And, and, you know, once we take that time to step back and mindfully look at life, we can you know, we can design our lives to however we want them to be. So, um, so yeah, it's been really exciting because that kind of, that whole theme has come up. But yeah, as you said, the book was actually delayed. Books take ages to, <laughs> from the beginning to the end. They just take forever. And, um, you know, to write a book obviously takes takes a long time. And then you're, you're having meetings with publishers and then they've got to, you know, um, get the illustrators to draw all of the, all of the lovely drawings. And and it's got to be edited and it takes such a long time. It was meant to actually be um, published on Boxing Day, so on the 26th of December. And I got told about maybe a month before that actually, you know, we, we had a few delays, which I knew about, um, but therefore that meant that it was going to get pushed to springtime. But actually they thought that was much better, a much better idea and, and these were the reasons why. So I was initially quite upset because I just, I was so, you know, looking forward to it being published um, and then it was it was published on the 5th of March, which was, the I think, a week or two before we kind of the craziness of COVID started to begin. Um, and we kind of put ourselves into lockdown almost. And it was a very weird time because obviously in, t- in terms of book publishing, that's not the best time for a book to be published because all of the shops shut. Um, but for my book in particular, the sto- you know the stories and and what I was trying to um you know share with it I don't think there could have been a better time and I I do you know I am a bit I do believe in kind of you know the fate fate and you know the universe um conspiring to make things happen for a reason and now I can see that yeah I, I believe that the book was definitely kind of meant to be published for now um and I've had some amazing responses where people are kind of as Jane said, after that initial shock of lockdown, are kind of looking inwards and looking deeper at, you know, themselves and their lives. You know, COVID brought up for me as someone who practices yoga and is a mindfulness expert, it caused me a lot of shock and panic. And, um, you know, I, I think all of us at some point dealt with some kind of anxiety or still are, and very understandably. Um, and I think for a lot of us, you know, they're saying that there's a big mental health pandemic coming um, because of what's happened to us all during during COVID. Um, and I think it's caused a lot of us to kind of think, well, actually, you know, I'm not used to this or that anxiety that, that I had before has actually got out of control within this period. And so, you know, we're all on our mental health journey. Everyone has mental health, just like everyone has physical health. So I think we're all kind of looking to look after our mental health a lot more and um and understand ourselves a lot better and so so yeah the book the wellfulness project um is kind of there to help you look inwards and and start to gradually move inwards and look at your life and the areas and design it in the way that supports you and and makes you happy yeah and I and I think it's you know first of all you know massive congratulations to you because you touched on it there that and I was I wanted to ask that to you specifically Ali like what you know how long does it take to write a book because I feel like you know 
people some people will be like I've written another book and you're like oh my goodness when was the formation of that idea and then you go through this journey and then there must be a bit like you know in my experience of recording albums there's so many different stages to that and it really is something you care about so deeply it's creative it's you know what you're really passionate about and I think um I'm sure people would love to know like you know the 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 stages of that and when you kind of first had that idea and when you realized actually this needs to be written down for people to be able to invest in it and, and you know take their own journey with the book if you like yeah well it's funny that you that you say that Laura because um one of our dear friends Joel Culpepper is an amazing recording artist and I've spoken to him a lot about the different processes and and I can see him when he's kind of writing his um album and and recording and producing and and then the launch even the launch especially we've um bonded over quite deeply over the past couple of months it's a very similar process I think because you know writing a song writing a book it's you're pouring you know you're taking everything inside of you and, and gathering it up and trying to put it into you know just a small fragment of um, you know a piece of work and that's that's very difficult to do um, and it, it's really scary actually it's a really you know because once you've got it there it's this thing and then all of a sudden you have to show it to someone <laughs> as well which I'm sure you would have experienced um, kind of you know showing it to you know your love it's petrifying mom. isn't it yeah exactly <laughs> the producers and then you know your record label whoever and then putting it out into the public it's like oh my god um and I'm sure you know I've spoken to James about this a bit as well you know he he you know gets a script and he learns it and he pulls everything into that character um and James spends so much time in character analysis I think it is James and, and yeah, yeah text analysis well done analysis. Thank you. <laughs> all of this, you know, time and energy into it, and then he, you know, he go and, he goes and performs it, which is something I thankfully don't have to do. I, I don't have to perform anything. I can just spend my time with, you know, with the words. Um, but yeah, and then showing it to people, and also giving it to someone, allowing allowing them to kind of produce it or edit it. Is also you have to be very, you know, trusting and you know give a like it's like handing your baby over to someone um and it's funny because all of our friends are having babies at the moment and um and yeah I keep joking that my book is my baby because I did <laughs> I did I think I I think I spent I mean I had a whole a full-time job the whole time I was writing it um writing for Psychologies magazine and um I didn't want to kind of give that up I that's just something that I wouldn't ever want to kind of step away from um so yeah I was I was just staying up till like two o'clock in the morning some mornings not because you know I was like oh, I have to get this done it's because I was so um you know I just couldn't stop it was just I just worked you know so many hours every every day of the week weekends included for about three months and then I probably worked on it for about two months before that so I say I was writing it for about five months um but before that you kind of yeah you, you come up with the idea um I actually came up with the idea at um this is kind of a crazy story actually I don't think it usually happens this way but I, I went to as a um, journalist for Psychologies magazine I went to be a panelist um sorry like the panel kind of um holder um at this kind of book festival and so I was the one there asking the questions um asking these authors all of these questions for the panel discussion and I felt while I was there, I just felt so energized and inspired by these amazing experts and authors. And I, I was just like overwhelmed by it. And I just had this really exciting feeling. And I just thought, oh, it's just because I'm around all these amazing people. And I was listening to all of the other panel um, discussions going on. And I just started having, I think it was like all of their energy and expertise. There. I just started having this kind of, um, this idea 
kind of pulling everything that I knew together because I've I've worked in this industry for so long and I you know I've become my own expert in my own, in my own right and it, yeah I just wrote down the word wellfulness um which is this idea of kind of like using mindfulness to consciously design your own wellness plan so obviously there's so many ways that we can follow a health plan you know there's so many diets we can do there's loads of different types of exercise we could do ballet or we could do yoga or we could go running and get into marathons we could swim or do hit you know just within that one realm there's so many different things we could do and and it the thing that kept coming through for me was there's no one size fits all and you are unique and you know what works for you might not work for someone else so I kind of wrote down this idea and I had it in my notebook and at the end of the day um I was about to leave and the the commissioning editor of this book of the um publishing house who was running this book festival came over to me she said oh thank you so much for coming today I I really enjoyed your panel discussion um and she grabbed me by the the hands and said listen are you writing a book for anyone and I'd just got an agent about two months ago. And, it, you know, it's been my, as a journalist, it's your dream to write a book. That's the one thing you really want to do in your life. And I was just like, no, but no, but I really, you know, I'd love to. That's my dream. And she just shook my hands. She was holding both of my hands in her hands. She looked at me like deep into my soul and was like, you have to write a book for us. And that was it. So I just written on this idea and she came over to me and it's just, yeah. So it was a crazy experience um and from there it just kind of grew and grew and and yeah that's such an amazing story to have though as well like to be inspired in that way and I know both of you also run wellfulness retreats together as well and and James tell uh tell me a little bit about that and kind of I presume obviously at the moment they're potentially put on hold but but what it includes what you what you can expect because I know you know I can't take Ali around in my pocket with me which I'd really like to do in life <laughs> by the sounds of it but maybe this the book and this retreat because I'm you know I'm all in for this tell me what it involves <laughs> okie dokie so essentially Ali and I got to an age we're 30 three Ali's 34 tomorrow oh and, happy uh, birthday tomorrow <laughs> we're popping to Whitstable for the day which will be pleasant and then I've got a surprise taking Ali to oh, actually I better not say it yeah, don't, say <laughs> it. don't give it away <laughs> um anyhow we we got to maybe 26 27 28 and we were going through a stage where our weekends were based around a Thursday evening coming wrapping up work texting the group of 12 friends, couples, boys, girls, what do you fancy doing? And it all kind of came down to meeting in a pub, having too much to drink, having too much to eat, it continuing to the Sunday and then going back to work on the Monday. And Ali and I sat down and just said, what would we like to do preferably each weekend? And I constantly Googled retreats and the retreats were often in Ibiza, Marbella, or the closest one you'll get in this country was maybe the New Forest. And often, especially mums, and we've got a lot of friends who are mums now, you can't take that much time away from the family. And the majority of our guests are mums. Sometimes you have husband and wife couples that have left the children with the grandparents for the weekend, say. And they come Friday evening at 6pm to our beautiful house in Greenwich that I own with my family and I run as a holiday let and luckily it's close to nature so it's kind of a little 
bolt hole away from central London because we have people coming from central out as a little retreat. We also have a lot of people that are just local, maybe four or five streets away that just want to have some time away to practice yoga, mindfulness, meditation. We have an in-house masseuse. I do the fitness classes and the fitness classes actually came from Ali saying that I'd like to offer that because I also do the cooking, the vegan cooking on the retreat, because obviously it's a massive passion of mine with the mind and body coaching. I feel as if nutrition is probably more important than the fitness often, but I didn't actually have my, my PT license. And it was from that, that Ali said, you need to have one because no matter how great you are at doing it you need to be insured so I I took the license and that was kind of the journey from that moment on people around us started reaching out saying James do you do one-to-one yeah of course I do James do you do two-to-one six-to-one then I do I now run a fitness class even after Covid happened just as we were allowed out by the government they allowed us outside six people or less I made made it happen and with the retreat we've actually had a group stay in the house. And although we'd said that we wouldn't cook for them just because of government guidelines, we would run a health and so it's a yoga and a fitness workshop. And again, Laura, even though we're at a stage now where everything's been put on hold and we know a lot of people since building the retreat, we know a lot of people that run retreats in Portugal, Spain, Italy, And yeah, they have been put on hold purely because usually they sell out within a couple of weeks and these can't because people are nervous about booking flights and then not being able to get their money back, etc. But funnily enough, over the last week or so, Ali and I have looked into possibly running a few more of these because they worked really well. People want, you know what it is, Laura, you need that people time. We're people people. You need to have that energy between one another and no matter how many zoom calls we do with clients it's great but there's nothing better than in person yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more and I've spent a lot of time over the past few months doing um because we're talking about you know human interaction aren't we really and this is you know the way we can connect at the moment we're obviously not together in one room but it's it's how we can talk about something and that's why I feel so passionate about music and you know although we've been talking about different kind of aspects I feel like it all kind of is rooted in the same in the same thing and it's the emotional connections that we build and we have with other people and and that's why you know I'm I'm really excited to hear kind of why you guys have chosen the songs you've chosen today what they mean to you and and it's you know I think that you're you're two people who clearly are so passionate about what you do and and I I wonder for for both of you actually you know for for each of you personally what's what's been the relationship with music in your life has it been something that's been really important has it been something linked to work you know for you Ali for example is it something because I can tell by your choices that we're going to talk about very shortly um that there's they're so different but they're, I don't know, it feels like they're very, very personal to you as well. Do you feel like you've always had a, a really um, strong relationship with music? Do you know what? I That's a really interesting question because, yes, definitely. I think when you're young, it's such an outlet for emotion and for understanding yourself it's almost um you know when you're young you like even like what genre what genre you're into um it's kind of like says something about who you are you know and you kind of use it in that way I remember you know the different groups at at sixth form had the different types of music they were into and yeah I think for me it's a way to kind of go move inwards and go into yourself and understand almost something to meditate on it's like to listen to music 
not really have to do anything or or listen to music while you're doing something mindless um like washing up or or even like doing yoga not that yoga is mindless but it's a way to move out of your thoughts so much and and you know allow yourself to kind of just be um and in in yoga so in mindfulness we talk a lot about you know doing versus being we're always doing 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 and for me listening to music is about being you know it's not it's not a doing thing Um, and actually that's probably that's probably a really good um good example I imagine for your one of your choices which we can talk about actually so this is your song for tough times is this something that is ong namo is have I pronounced that correctly yeah yeah okay so tell me about this song is this a song where you just you know you be in this music or you know it's beautiful and we're going to hear a little bit about it um a little bit of it soon but tell me like how you discovered it because I know so many people who probably would love to listen to something like this maybe wouldn't know how to find this kind of music yeah so I mean I'd I'd never come across it until I started practicing yoga really and this was on a retreat I, I came across this song while I was on a retreat myself um I think before I'd even done my yoga teacher training, um, the retreat is an amazingly transformational one. So the the retreats we we hold are very kind of, you know, holding space, de-stressing, coming together, doing yoga, you know, coming back to yourself. This retreat that I was on was, you know, very, very deep. There were lots of tears and crying and (laughs) Um, <laughs> it was very transformational and very strong. Um, it's run by a woman called Stephanie Casalides, who is amazing. She runs a retreat out in um, Benahavis in near Marbella. And um, it, it was called the Cause Life Health Project at the time. I think it's called the Medicine Project now, something along those lines. Um, and she had she was working with someone at the time called Amy Ray, who is a Kundalini teacher. So this is a kind of, it's the yogic song, but it's also a, it's, a strand of yoga called kundalini which is can be seen as very woo woo um it, you know it's it's a lot about breath work and meditation but you can kind of have these experiences where it, not that i do drugs but um it feels like you're kind of you know transcending you're you're you get this kind of high um and you can have these really amazing kind of transformational experiences and this was one of the songs that was just played Again and again, I think it's just so beautiful that we all loved it anyway, everyone that was on this retreat. Um, and I remember at the at the end of the retreat, we had just been broken open over the past seven days, I think. I didn't want, I was actually scared to leave because I felt like I had had a, a spiritual um, awakening. It, it, there's no other way to kind of experience, to, to kind of explain it. Um, and all the women around me, I think there were eight of us, we um we'd all gone through something and kind of unpicked some kind of old you know thought processes and things that had hurt us and stuff like that and and kind of understood ourselves a lot better and I remember on one of the last days we went up we were staying in a dorm I think we're all just like sitting around on our beds just singing this song at the top of our lungs again and again and again and we were just so it was just so innocent and happy and you know just even now I can't really imagine myself just breaking into song that's not the type of person that I am I'm very um I'm quite shy like that but we were just so all of our insecurities had just drifted away because we've been through so much and um yeah so for me this you know it kind of represents the the tough things that I'd carried around with me for so long that I'd um unpicked and got rid of um 
and and reminds me that when I play it now, it reminds me of that time when, you know, I, I remember really that all of the stuff that we're wor- worrying about, really, it's not real. You know, it's just things that we've decided to believe in our heads. They're just thoughts and they're, you know, they come and they go. And really, when we look inside, you know, it, you know, real happiness is so is quite simple. You know, we don't need a lot. And it just reminds me to look within and, and you know, stop thinking about everything, stop ruminating, going round and round in circles and just be. And yeah, it just reminds me of, of that. So it's such a beautiful thing to have in your mind, I think, when you listen to a piece of music as well and just be open and listen to it and and take all of that in around you and be in that space. I think that's beautiful. And I think we can all do that right now. You know, I think we're all thinking about self-care a lot more and taking a bit more time to sort of look inward and not be affected by everything going on around us, which I know is is much easier said than done. But um, let's have let's have a little listen to some of this piece. So this is Ong Namo and it's by Snatam Kao. It's released in 2011. I was just closing my eyes and like oh, swaying. So was I. <laughs> <laughs> Super chilled out. We're all going to be really chilled by the end of this. <laughs> um, so I, I, what I found really interesting as well about this song is for me, my first love in music was plain song or plain chant. And that's like super early music. We're talking um, as a female composer called Hildegard von Bingen, who was kind of way, way back in time, the first female composer that we know of who wrote very similar structures pieces to this and there's this kind of influence at the start of this piece you've chosen which and I love and that's I think that musically is what brings the stillness it's having a very steady undertone whether that's a drone or something that's repetitive like um, a drum and and you know this particular performer Snartam was like this it's this new age Indian devotional music and I think that's why people maybe don't um aren't lucky enough to find this music because how on earth would you put into I don't know iTunes or Spotify like new age Indian devotional music (laughs) a very niche subject to put in and I think that's what is sometimes frustrating is that we sometimes don't find out about this kind of music that's out there so hopefully as well people listening will be able to experience that um she also was pretty cool she studied biochemistry you know played in Sikh temples performed um I think they're called Kirtan which is like a call and response yeah Yeah. and I mean I'm sure you know this better than me but it's so fun Oh really? Oh, Tell me more. So it's it's basically, you know, but I mean the song that song there is um it just has one line really that she repeats over and over. And I think she says a few things in English as well, but I think that's another reason why it could feel a bit um, you know, you might not connect with it because you're like, oh, you know, is this religious music, which which it isn't. Um it the words are Sanskrit and um the the phrase Ongnamo Guru Dev Namo just means um basically that I bow to the divine teacher within me so it's it's just saying you know I, I have the answers inside and I look to myself for comfort and 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 soothing and happiness and you know so it's nothing you know bigger than that really um but yeah it's just a it's a mantra basically that's repeated over and over again and it's a it's a way of meditating really um 
so so yeah that that kind of and that I think that's why it's so lovely to listen to as you say because it's just a it's a repetition and you can kind of you can kind of move into a meditative state with it um and it's just very easy easy listening in the background even um yeah yeah no I agree with you definitely Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, we're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. Me being Georgie Porter. And me, Samira Mighty. We are all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and give advice wherever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for. You can expect to hear a little bit of this. That's so... Do you know what I mean? Not really, mate. A little bit of this. Listener letter. I'm a vegan and I'm currently dating a non-vegan. Get over it, yeah. And of course... A bit of this as well. Where do you both <laughs> sit on plastic surgery? On my fake implant butt, bitches. <laughs> I don't. It's real. That's the Loose Lips podcast out every Monday and not forgetting the bonus extra lippy on Thursdays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. <laughs> Let's go on to your next song choice. I'm <laughs> laughing because it's so different. I mean, it couldn't be more different. And we're going like, I, I knew this would be a song from your childhood. <laughs> I mean, tell me why you've chosen Clubbing by Marcus Houston. Like, what? Oh, yeah, set, set, this, <laughs> set the scene for, for everyone listening. You know, were you singing this into like rapping into a hairbrush at the time or what was going on? <laughs> Maybe this is driving around in my coke can of a car my red fiat Cento. um <laughs> i don't know if anyone remembers them they're those tiny little i guess the smart cars of the day um and my best friend lucy would be next to me um maybe my other best friend megan in the back seat and we'd just drive around for no reason you know as you do when you're 17 18 at sixth form and yeah, or, you know, you're just going to go and pick up this person and drop them off there just because they need a lift. And it's just this kind of 
ultimate freedom there's no real responsibilities there's no there's nothing to do there's no you know life just seems so much simpler than when I look back on it I look back on those days with such nostalgia and it and they're so exciting as well because you know you might be going out that night or you don't know who you're going to see and also you're seeing the same people at school every day and you know maybe there's a boy you like and it's just all so exciting there's so much possibility and you you know I was about to go off traveling and then on to uni I kind of had my life planned out there were no worries and yet there were so many possibilities and um it was just fun you know fun was a priority back then yeah, we forget that I think sometimes now as well. I do you know what I've loved about having a child is the fact that there's nothing better than just doing a, a good old dance party in the living room and just mm. not caring and you know headbanging or dancing, jumping around and just feeling like an absolute <laughs> idiot is the best thing because it makes her giggle. And yeah. I think you know things like that kind of bring you back to that you know the simple things in life. And I agree with you. It's it's. Um, do you still listen to it now? Yeah, both of us do. Yeah. <laughs> I love how James is like yes yeah. we do <laughs> yeah definitely we've got a long a long car journey we've got it on a couple of playlists haven't we and I think it was on our wedding playlist as well which we spent yeah. ages on Spotify putting together that was I love it wasn't it love it let's let's go back there now so let's go back yeah. to your childhood days yes. with a bit of clubbing with Marcus Houston here we go <laughs> I pull up on dogs, pop up I do it love it love it <laughs> I'm going to listen to it after this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, you've got to get all the tunes on in full, definitely, <laughs> afterwards. And that's obviously, yeah, Marcus Houston featuring Joe Budden and Pied Piper, who's R. Kelly. And it was written by the two of them as well and released in 2003. And um, Marcus Houston, you probably know as well for playing Roger in Sister, Sister, yeah. which is, again, yeah. a bit of a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, that that kind of music as well, people will love that you can go from literally the divine to, <laughs> you know, the super cool <laughs> um, in your choices there, Ali. It's so, so nice to hear as well, because it just shows, you know, everything we go through in life, music pinpoints certain moments in our yeah. life and, and you know, the things, the memories that we that we have and that we cherish. And I think that's beautiful as well that you had it as part of your wedding because it's, you know, it's kind of from your childhood, but coming through into, you know, throughout your life. And, and that's, you know, it's beautiful to have that. Um, and James, let's move on to some of your music because obviously, so we should mention normally um, when I have one guest, they choose four songs, but we've got two for each of you today. Um, so this first song is a song that reminds you of good times. It's by the Kooks. Um, I absolutely adore this song I adore the lyrics of the song as well um I think they're so clever and kind of have this weird sarcasm to them as well but tell me for you why this song and, and what are the memories for you I'm somebody that doesn't deeply listen to lyrics unless I, I just want a little shout out now to Blinded by Your Grace by Stormzy even though it's not on my list I just need to bring it up because it's a big big one for our family at the moment that I should have put in there just because I do deeply listen to those lyrics and watching that live at Glastonbury was probably the most, it's making me tear up now. It was one of the most 
wonderful things I've ever experienced. And that was on a lyrical basis because I'm listening to it coming from a background where my family have faith and that has got us through a hell of a lot of trouble in the past. And Stormzy is an absolute, I love that he's bringing that to the youth. Anyhow, on that note, it's not the lyrics as such, it's just where that sound, you know, when a band has a sound that takes you somewhere and that summer that that came out, I was on year gap between my uni and... Uh, my uni break and my friend's uni break so he was still there I think he had one more week so I traveled to Liverpool and even though at my uni it was quite well known and we'd listened to it in the clubs it it just took over up there it really did and we were in his halls of residence and he was on campus so every time that song came on it was just lose yourself in the moment. A bit like you mentioned, Laura, at the wedding. At weddings, you just like jump around or a house party and it's just like head banging. It was that. And I just watched him and his friends get involved. And I thought, how music can do this to someone? And I'd never met probably 14 out of the 15 guys that were jumping around in a circle, but it brought us all together and we were jumping around in a sweaty circle for the next <laughs> however long because of that one track. And then the same band, Seaside, and other tracks that the Kooks are well known for, that just she moves in her own way, that Ali and I actually have on our wedding video. It's just the sound that takes us both back, I think, to a time when there were no real worries. And it reminds us that if we had those worries then, sorry, if we had no worries then, we can continue to have them now. It's just the way we look at it. Definitely. Let's have a little listen, then we can talk some more about this great song. This is Naive by the Coop. so good and I think you know the the lead singer there he's called Luke Pritchard like it's got such a unique way of singing and I think I know also when I sing this with my friends I always kind of pronounce the words exactly like yeah. he does and just uh, you overdo everything yeah. and I and I, no, I do I, yeah and I think I know exactly what you mean James when you say you know it's like it's not like the lyrics are something that you've gone away and read as a poem and gone oh my goodness this is life change but actually it's just the way that they've written such a great great song that you can't help but know the lyrics off by heart even though you haven't really learned them and I always think I think that's such a good example of a great song it's like you just it's like a I don't know a Spice Girls tune from when you're younger I don't even know how I know the words I just know them and I I always you know I sing every word and I think there are songs like that and this is definitely one of them um I do think the lyrics are really clever when you do take them away from the song but I I know exactly what you mean it's just that singing it out really loud with people that yeah you don't know but you sing in each other's faces with like this (laughs) massive amount of enthusiasm um and they're three so three of the members of the band they met at the brit school and it's like this kind of indie rock kind of post-punk revival and later on i'm gonna um, make a suggestion of a song for both of you which hopefully you haven't heard and it's something new and actually this was a big you know this song was uh, quite a big inspiration for the song i chose for you so um and I do, though, think as well that they're, they're a band that are constantly developing. I mean, are they? have you seen them live as well? My sister works for 
global and often they have rooftop sessions in the summer and then, oh no everyone's going to be messaging you james i know now. can You're i like, get a ticket uh, any get chance a ticket? of a ticket yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um thankfully she's such a sweetheart she usually gets me there and i mean one one year was um who was last year I forget, but the, yeah, it was the Kooks that were um, performing there live on the rooftop, and it was something again. It's that what I like, and you'll hear it in my other song, is the freedom and the not really caring about what others might think of you. I'm going to sing a song in this way. I'm going to make it my own. And yeah, and Ali, you and I have seen them at Wembley together too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, so nostalgic. I think you. This is exactly what comes across in both your choices, and we'll, we'll talk about your second choice now. This is a, an Oasis track, um, which is like your kind of hype song, if you like. Um, but there is there's this kind of British grit in the sound. I don't know what it is, and and I feel like is that it comes across maybe that for you, James, is that something you're really proud of the kind of music culture here in the yeah. UK? Because <laughs> you mentioned Stormzy as well, right? Yeah, massively. Yeah, and. I think with those two in particular, especially Liam, I understand that he played up to it back in the day, but I still follow him. And it's that sense of what I mentioned before, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. And that painted my childhood where if somebody can perform like that and not worry, but people still shower him in adoration because of what he's doing then that's kind of what I want to do and I think I took that into my acting life where a lot of the time I play real they're just different characters they're estranged they're a lot of the time gangster villains but often with real underlying vulnerabilities and insecurities um and I think I got that a lot from Liam that if he can perform like that and have it's a it's an underlying confidence in an ability and with the song there was an actually there's actually a, a really good example of why this is probably my favorite song of all time and me and a group of six friends um we have been friends since three or four years old and we followed the band here there and everywhere we went to Benica Sim and I'm going to say this you can edit that out if you want but I I was so lost in the music at this point. I had one friend that was tearing up over one of his tune, but one of their tunes, and it was one of the last times they performed live together. And I start because I just lost myself climbing up the scaffolding where the cameras were at a festival, which is not you should not be doing that. And um, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually thrown out of the festival for doing this, which I totally regret. But it just shows you what music can do. Those were in my less proud days, but that's probably why it means so much to me because every time I think back to that and I'm in the gym now trying to get some motivation, I just think if that song can get me to a point where I'm doing pull-ups on a bar in a festival in front of 100,000 people, then I can probably lift the weight in the gym. Yeah, and I, no, I think, I know it sounds like that. It's that, I think you're right talking about Liam there as well. It's sort of this, um, it's a it's a way that, this confidence exudes from someone when they're on stage and it's so interesting you say this because so um I've chosen a David Bowie song for your suggestion and and that's for me that's what he does because it's like this 
underlying confidence, this coolness. And you're like, you're, you're not arrogant. You're just, you're just like being you and you're just mm. unapologetic for it. And unapologetic. I think we all, Perfect. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, and we, we all live in, in a world where like, I think we're worried about upsetting people or we're worried about saying the wrong thing. I know that myself, you know, I'm, I'm a new mum, and goodness me, it's like a whole new world of where you feel you can be very judged, but also incredibly supported at the same time. And, and I think there's lots of kind of groups in society that where that happens. And I think that's also become really clear through COVID. It's like, you know, where do you sit and, and what are your opinions? And, and I think with social media on top of that, there's so much pressure. And I actually think this is, it's great to hear, you know, music like this as well will never go out of fashion. And that's something about that kind of UK iconic sound. It's inspired, you know, Oasis were inspired by people like David Boat you know there's this the kooks who I'm sure were inspired by Oasis there's all these kind of this line of timeline of of music and musicians and they are they are unapologetic in their sound and and that's how you create a unique sound and I I think it's a great choice and I think it's a great story that people will love to hear although obviously not recommended but yeah don't don't try this at home sort of thing don't try this at home Um, the original (laughs) question Laura was uh, are you proud and I am I'm half Welsh half English so I'm just proud to be part of something. It's not about a particular area because obviously the lads are Manc lads. They are Manchester based, but I still have an affiliation. I think fantastic. It's because the rest of the world are looking at them thinking, I knew that some of the biggest following was in Asia for them. And it was just that, wow, those guys are from the UK and they are killing it. And the same with Stormzy. Yeah, I'm part of something there. You know, he's from he's from South London. And every time he mentions South London, we're from South London. And it just feels, you know, when you feel part of something, that's why I'm so proud of it. Because, yeah, there's definitely something to do with those guys have put us on the map. Yeah, I agree. Oh, let's have a listen to it. I love this song. It's so good. This let's is wonderful. Because maybe I was waiting for that drum roll yeah, as well. Yeah, I love you have it. to leave that in. <laughs> so good, so good. Um, we also had it at the wedding, and obviously that the the memory that I brought up was what I remember it from. But then because it became part of me and my seven friends' lives so much, they obviously they were part of my wedding party. So best man, ushers, and groomsmen, and then I remember Ali myself and all of them being in a circle bouncing around to that there's just no better feeling oh so good I bet that is just the best memory for you guys I love that um I was actually going to say as well that a very very brief quick story about that song I got asked to sing it when I was in New Zealand for the Lions tour and I remember being petrified because I was like I'm a classical female singer (laughs) you know, with a with a very questionable sort of middle-class English accent when I sing. And, <laughs> and they were like, well, you sing Wonderwall. I was like, well, I'll give it a go. And actually, I was so nervous, but I absolutely loved it because there was English, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, all coming together in a sea of red shirts, belting out Wonderwall. And I was just there purely to like, you know, sing the first bit of it. And they just needed that sort of permission to start the track and to join in. And it was epic. It was incredible. And I... 
I would have been, you know, so sad if I'd missed that opportunity. And it shows you it, it is. It's such a great piece of music and, and really, really good choice, I think, for something like this, of you know, what we're talking about today. Um, so thank you for your choices there. So before I let you go, I've chosen a song for each of you, as I mentioned earlier, and hopefully you will love if you have heard of them before. And if you haven't, hopefully it's something new. Um, so, James, I've, as I said, gone for a David Bowie track. Um, I've gone with a song that's called Rebel Rebel, released in 1974. Yeah, remastered in 2016. And it sounds as good now as it did then. And it will always sound good. And I love the stuff that he released shortly before his death but I also think this is just a classic of his it's got kind of a punk rock vibe it's got a great hook in the chorus that I think Oasis do really well and and that was kind of the inspiration so um let's have a listen to a bit of this song it sounds like you love it as well so I'm glad I picked it really um this is David Bowie's Rebel Rebel so good (laughs) and again being able to relate to it because so many of our family friends knew him and um it's just yeah it's fantastic to be able to know that he's put that put put us on the map but then you have that direct relationship because of parents that have known him and have partied with him and probably got too drunk and stoned with it anyway yeah That's amazing though. That's so amazing. I'm sure like, did, do you know what? It's my, one of my biggest regrets trying not to see someone like that live before, you know? And I think that's something you'll always think oh, to, to have been there in a crowd and, and I, it scares me, you know, with COVID that we, we missing, we're missing out on that group sensation you can have together in a crowd where everyone's yeah. jumping along and, you know, far too close well much closer than two meters anyway (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah moving on to um a song for you Ali again this is very different but kind of inspired by I think you know the 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 fact that you've written this incredible book and this stillness that you talked about in music uh, that you can have in music and this is one of my favorite composers female composer she's called Jocelyn Pook um I've worked with her on some music for an art project which was a project of my mum's and I fell in love with her music and again that's how I discovered it so hopefully this might be something new for you and and for people listening it's it's called Hallelujah and it's from an album called Desh which was released in 2011 and the, the album was actually um it was choreographed for a performer and this music was written alongside the the performance which was by um a kind of a performer called Akram Khan and he was inspired by his hometown Bangladesh and the music was obviously composed um alongside so this piece is said to explore the idea of like transformation in your body in your mind in your identity and I feel like that's what we've touched on today when we were chatting earlier on um and I feel like it's hopefully something you'll like. There's definitely a vulnerability in, in the vocals of uh, there's both male and female voice in it. And I, I just think it's really beautiful, but I'd love to see what you think. So yeah, let's have a listen. This is Thank Hallelujah you. by Jocelyn Pook. Hallelujah. 
That's beautiful. What do you think? <laughs> oh, there's just so much going on, but yeah, it's so peaceful. The strings are beautiful, and then yeah, the voices kind of overlapping each other. It sounds very ethereal, and yeah, I just wanted to do yoga to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the kind of thing I think that you can be. Yeah, absolutely. Something like that, I think, is the perfect accompaniment to a, to a piece of music. Yeah, like that. very moving. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much for talking about, you know, some memories that I know are really close to your hearts and, and also for doing this together. But also we should mention in separate rooms, you've been very professional throughout. <laughs> very impressive. Um, but I'm so grateful for your time and, and for sharing such wonderful stories about music. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. It's fantastic entertainment. This is everybody wants to hear these stories. And it's so lovely to have been doing it with you, Laura, that knows a lot about music yeah thank you thank you thanks guys thanks to you too for listening and don't forget to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode we have some amazing guests lined up so you'll definitely want to come back next week if you've enjoyed the podcast why not tell a friend and drop us a review have a great week and we'll see you next time When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.